I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember all those big dreams you used to have and then life made other plans? With a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, it's time to bring those dreams back. Start your own business or commit to van life with a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. Now, you could win the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Mode 4x4 that we have. Enter the Dan Patrick Show Ultimate Camping Rig Sweepstakes. To enter, get official rules. Visit danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com. Have to do it by February 2nd for your chance to win. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. 
Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Hey, welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and this is All Ball. All basketball, all the time. Um, And I'm going to dedicate this episode to the plane crash victims and their families 10 years ago, 20 years ago, sorry, at at Oklahoma State. Yesterday marked the 20th anniversary of it. And um, my my old teammate, Brian Montanati, who's the head coach at Owasso High School, in Owasso, Oklahoma, it's a suburb of, of Tulsa. It's going to join me momentarily. But I, you know, I remember where I was. And as I, as I glean back 20 years and I try and figure out what to make of all the emotions and how it shaped my adulthood, how it changed my relationship with my teammates, with my coaches, um, with my own family. And also I think what it did to my alma mater and my coach, you know, I, I, I obviously he was a, a great man and a great coach and he had the curse of the disease of alcoholism. I mean, I, I, I think it's reasonable to think that among the contributing factors to his relapse late in his career had to be the stress with the plane crash, the handling of it, and the fact that they didn't get therapy, which is the, the first part that I would start with. If you go through a traumatic event, if you feel that you're off, and I went through this when I was a freshman in Notre Dame, I was homesick, but to the level of uh, uh, where it was, it was depression. You know, I don't know if it was seasonal depression because in South Bend, the sun didn't come out or whether I was just so lonely and depressed because of my proximity to home um, and the, the, the weather being so gray, uh, and the, eventually the team not being that good or my own expectations of myself. But at that point I should have seen a therapist, no question in my mind, you know, and, and as athletes, we're told to just kind of push through. And I think that's what coach Sutton and his entire staff did, but that's a mistake. And, and I knew because one of my daughters, um, at a pretty young age, exhibited some symptoms of what you would call like PTSD, light sensitivity, noise sensitivity. And we always thought it was from, uh, she was a, a preemie and being in the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit. Um, some of it is just the quirks of who she is. But in trying to understand what she needed, we sat down with a therapist and the therapist actually treated me for what was the most traumatic event in my life at the time. It was the plane crash, which at that time was like, maybe 10 years removed or 11 years removed from when it actually happened. I didn't know it was buried so deep down there. So, so the first thing is that if it's you or somebody close to you, and these are tough times, tough times, talk to somebody, talk to a professional, sit down and work through things. The best. There is no, uh, there's no reason you should not do it. If it's cost, there's plenty of counselors who you can talk to at a minimal cost or at no cost. Whether you're a college athlete, a high school athlete, a parent of an athlete, whatever, 
You see somebody going down a path of depression. It doesn't have to be anything where they can hurt themselves or others. Have them talk to somebody. Having been a survivor, and I wasn't on the team or on a plane. I was in Russia at the time. I can tell you it still affected me and still affects me a little bit to this day. Talk to somebody. In terms of the crash itself, um, and we'll get into this with Brian. I'm out, I'll just, I'll never forget that those, those moments, right? You never forget where you are. I'm in Russia. I'm playing for Euro great in Perm, Russia. We get back from Moscow. I wake up from a quick nap and all of a sudden, you know, I was about to unplug the phone and plug in my computer to check the scores of Oklahoma State. It was my first year playing as a professional after college. And it's my dad. And he shared with me the news. And I was immediately crestfallen. You know, immediately. I didn't know what to do. And, uh, you know, this goes to the burying the feelings part. But I remember every time I got on a plane, and I still, when I get on a plane, I think of him. It wasn't until a year later, because the, the crash was obviously in, uh, in January and uh, on the 27th. And a year later, or almost a year later, Christmas time, Christmas Day, we played a game and I was in Israel. And my wife was sitting next to me. We we're on the bus and we we're going to, from Ranana to Haifa, playing in Haifa. Haifa is a beautiful city on the coast of Israel. I, don't know, I think it's like an hour from from uh, uh, from Herzliya where 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 we lived. Maybe less than an hour. And I remember we were looking up the coastline, and everybody on the bus we were kind of talking about, you know. I'm Jewish, but still Christmas was always in, in basketball. You always went home. You always saw family around Christmas time and about, you know, this is like the first Christmas ever. My wife wasn't with her family because the year before we were, I was out of school, but and I was playing as professional, but I, at the time I think I was either in Idaho or I was in Oklahoma at the time I was in the CBA for a minute, but I got cut for the first game. So I must've been, I was in Oklahoma at the time. So this is the first Christmas she was ever away from home. And immediately I just felt this rush of grief thinking of here we are feeling bad about not being able to go home for one Christmas, whereas all those families would never have their husbands or sons or brothers at home for Christmas again. It just hit me, hit me. But, but a funny thing happened with all of this grief. We've always been, and most college basketball programs are a tight-knit group. We've, we've always, previous generations were good to us. And, you know, it was a little different when Coach got fired. And there's some, some of the guys that played for Travis Ford were good with. Some we don't, we don't keep in touch with. We don't know. But the Coach Sutton guys were always pretty close. I'm telling you, everything changed at that moment. That, you know. We always say we love each other. Every time we text each other, we call each other. Same thing with coach and with the assistant coaches. And so through this grief, I think we felt what all those guys were. They were special people and they were part of us, part of this basketball family. And if there is one thing I could share with you about why the, and I think there's been a destruction of college basketball by my brethren in the media, by agents, um, you know, by, by some bad actors in, in business. 
the one thing that we're missing, missing as we, or one of the big things kids miss on is the family that you establish the basketball family. Cause lots of kids don't have a, a traditional family unit and the people that some guys that look out for you when you're a kid and you're growing to be a basketball player and trying to help you into college, then help you. Some of those guys are just good people. But a lot of them aren't there. A lot of them are just, they, they want, they want a piece. Ultimately, this is their meal ticket. Can the college coach pay them something? Can the agent give them something? Or can they get something from the, can I be your workout guy when you make it? You don't have like a family that looks out for you. That's what a basketball family is. And the more we destroy the, the, uh, the, the very special culture of college basketball by making it cool to transfer bang, 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 place to place by making it cool to the second somebody's going to give you a check to play professional basketball, you leap or just skipping out of professional uh, college basketball profession. You, you lose track of all the things you get from your basketball family, all the relationships that are established that help you'll get when you need a job in the real world or a job in the world of basketball. All of those things get minimized because Somebody told you you need to chase after that almighty dollar and, and, and playing time as quickly as possible. All right, let's get into it with, uh, with Brian Montanati, who um, I, I want to do a, a longer form pod with him. We're just going to rem- reminisce a little bit about that day, where he was, where I was, and some of the thoughts and some of the memories of, you know, very poignant memories of that time. Uh, Brian was a tremendous player at Oklahoma State. Kind of interesting. He was a junior college transfer from Fullerton College. And his first year, he didn't play a ton, but he made the game-winning free throws and played great against Oklahoma, got carried off the court. And he, he just grew and grew and grew and grew. Not physically, he was always 6'10", but grew as a basketball player. And he became a starter by our senior year, and he was a stud. And then he went and played in Italy for years and uh, retired, sold pharmaceuticals, and is now also a high school coach in Owasso, Oklahoma. Here's my man, Brian Monani. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Um, all right, B, let's, uh, there's a bunch of things I want to get into with you, but I don't want to bury the lead because uh, at the time of this recording yesterday was the 20th anniversary of the plane crash. Where were you? Uh, yesterday or 20 years ago? I don't care about yesterday, bro. I mean, I care, huh? but not really. But not really. Uh, 20, 20, 20 years, 20 years, 20 years ago. ago. I was, I, actually, I was in Tulsa. I just uh, returned from Italy. I had an injury. Uh, so we were, me and Amanda, we were out eating at TGI Fridays uh, with some friends. Here's what's crazy about it. You want to, This is some crazy shit. Okay? Why don't you think about this, okay? So, um, I found out I had gotten back from Moscow, playing in Moscow, and Angie had just come and joined me in Russia. Here's the craziest part. Do you know where we ate that night? TGI Fridays. I can't make that shit up. Yeah. There was like one, there's like, you do McDonald's, or there's like TGI Fridays. Yeah. Or there's all kinds of Russian stuff. And Moscow's like really, really nice, as you know. Um, but that's that's nuts. What'd you get? What 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 injured? How did you? Oh, I broke my I broke, I, I broke my leg. 
broke my leg playing, man. Broke my tibia and fibula. So I had surgery like December 2nd, I believe. And then uh, spent about two weeks in the hospital because they love to lock you up in the hospital over there and not let you leave after you have a surgery. Uh, so we, we came back uh, to the States, I think the first part of January. So I was actually down in Stillwater a lot around those guys a lot um, before the, before the accident happened. Um, okay. So you got done eating it out. You got done eating it at, at TGI Fridays. You go back to your apartment, you turn on the TV. Did somebody call you? Even, like this? It wasn't even, it wasn't even leaving TGI Fridays. It came across ESPN and someone in the restaurant came over and told me that there was a plane missing and didn't know who the people were, had no clue who they were. Uh, we were just sitting there eating dinner and they came over to me and they were like, Hey, you remember this is back in the day when the, the cool thing in the state of Oklahoma was Oklahoma state basketball. So we were kind of popular. Um, uh, had this couple come over to me and they were telling me, you know, Hey, there's a plane missing. So I started watching the news. And first thing I said to Amanda was like, all right, we got to go home. Um, and then, you know, made some phone calls and everything else and found out what plane it was. So it was kind of one of those deals where we flown on those planes for three years and we knew the travel party. So you, you, you kind of had an idea who was on the plane. Um, just an eerie, eerie feeling, man. Okay. So here, here's my experience. So we, we landed from Moscow and we got back, you know, like five in the morning. Cause the way it worked was you play in Moscow and then you catch like an overnight flight to our city, which is Perm. And the, the flight left at, at one and it was a two hour flight or two and a half hour flight, but it was two hours time difference or something. So it was always like five in the morning. Yep. So went to sleep, woke up and um, I would always get up and plug in my phone jack to my computer. Yeah. And then I had the, the card, the dial, right? the dial up, yeah. dial up internet. And then I would go and go to ESPN.com and check the scores. And I knew they play CU and I was, I was, you know, like, I mean, it's our first year out. So I was still super, right. super into it. And, um, I was literally reaching for the court, reaching for the court, like fingers on it. And the phone rings since my dad. And he's, he said, uh, how are you? And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I played last night. We won super tired. Um, I need to sit down. And I was like, why? And he's like, because there's a plane crash. And I said, where? And he said, Colorado. And I said, OSU is in Colorado. And he's like, yeah. He said, I, I, there's one of the planes didn't come home. And I, you know, just all of a sudden you get just like, even actually right now talking about it. And I went yeah. to therapy before, you know, like I still, I can feel it like tingling all my, my body. Like, yeah, man. And, um, uh, you know, I remember, you know, he said, he said, you know, I'll, I'll let you know exactly what happens, but he's like, I think you know, coach Sutton's okay. And he said, but there's a couple players there. And, um, so then, you know, I, I hung up and I called, I can't remember who the hell I called, uh, I might've called Denise, um, Weber, um, or Alex, because I knew he was in Stillwater, like he might know. And then we were just, then we we're just watching on the, then I was like, okay, I'm gonna plug in on the internet. And then it started coming, come down. And my dad called me back later on in the morning. It was late, really late at night in California. And um, so you were around them. 
Yeah, what, man. What was that? Because because I had just gotten there. I had just gotten to Russia like a couple of weeks before. Just signed a contract. She just literally that was the first day she was over there, or whatever. And um, so they were like, you know, they they were very, you know, they're very Russian. <laughs> you must <laughs> to play. You can yeah. go, but you must to play. I'm like, all right. I mean, I, I don't even know what to do. Like, you're just so numb. What what was it like? What what do you remember doing next? Like that night, did you go to Stillwater? Did you wait? Till yeah, the next we day? we uh no, we we got home back to uh, Amanda's parents' house and we went down there. I went to the basketball office and uh, I, man, I can't remember what time we got down there, but everybody was there, and I just I remember seeing Coach and you know hugging him and um you know it was it was crazy, man. I mean you know th- just the whole the whole emotions of it, the drive down to Stillwater. Uh, not knowing exactly who was on the plane. Uh, you know, you're trying to call everybody. Like I was trying to call, I tried to call Pat, uh, I tried to call Dan, um, all those guys. And, and those were two guys that, that, that had perished on the plane crash. Um, but it was, it was crazy. Just the whole uh, drive down and, you know, and, and, and being around those guys so much, you know, I was around them for probably two or three weeks before this happened, you know, going to practice, uh, you know, just hanging out with the guys, um, you know, and, and, and going to all the games and everything else. And then, boom, something like this happens. It's, it's just wild, man. You know, it's funny. Dan probably gets talked about um, the least. I mean, I you know, Nate, obviously, I was super close with. But we were – Dan was my – Dan Lawson was a junior college D2 Juco, which um, I don't know if that somehow minimizes or whatever, yeah. All-American, right? And, um, you know, I, I gotta, I, I, like my memories of Dan were, uh, one, he's totally wide eyed when he got there. We roomed together on the road, my senior year It was weird that I, 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 weird that I, he was my roommate. Right. Um, not that we weren't close, but like, I don't remember, we didn't pick and still he was with me. So we were playing in Vegas and it's interesting because I was in Vegas last night calling a game. Now, I'll never forget, we're getting ready to play UNLV. And he was, he told me, he was like, I, I, I don't want to dress. And I was like, what, what? <laughs> I what mean, you want to dress. Like, who don't want to dress? Like, no, 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 I don't want to dress because everybody at home is going to turn in and watch the game. And I'm sitting there in my uniform and I don't get in. Like, that looks like shit. I was like, dude, like, that is so the wrong way to look at this thing. Like, if you don't play yeah. it and they redshirt you, like, who cares? Like, you got to come on the trip. You got to dress, dude. They can't. He's like, oh, I'll just say, just have coach say I'm hurt. So he actually called coach. And I was never like, coach, I, you know, like, what am I doing? And, and he had the inevitable test, like, right? Like his job was to guard Mason Mason. practice. Yeah, he gave <laughs> guard Mason practice today. Yeah. And, you know, like Victor was fucking, and he was awesome on defense. So he would make me look like shit half the time. And, you know, so, uh, uh, but Victor like didn't care or whatever. If he got destroyed, it didn't matter. He was coming the next day. Like Dan, he would, I mean, Desmond he had migraines, man. Remember? He had migraines. Yeah, yeah it was migraines. Yeah. Migraines. He got dunked D- on. D Mace gave him the migraines. Yeah. That's right. Remember, well, D Mace basically made Mike Johnson transfer because he kicked right. his ass in practice so bad, like every day. We're like, <laughs> oh my God. Makes you just like, and he was, the other thing about Desmond was he was a great practice player. Like, I hated, I, I fucking hated yeah. practice, you know? And he, but Mace is like, he would go, go hard. Like, dude, take it easy, fella. All the um, time. 
Okay, so hey, what D Law was from D Law was from Michigan too, man. So I know him had a. We had a. Uh, I remember his recruiting trip. Um, I hosted him, and we talked about uh, you know we talked about Stillwater and how it was and everything else. And then that summer when I went home, I actually saw him over the summertime because um, I would go down and play pickup ball every once in a while because I got a lot of family that lived down there, and uh, he hung out with him a lot over the summer. Um, you know, before we went back to Stillwater. So it was, uh, you know, and he'd always tell me, you know, he was like, man, I, I felt comfortable coming here because you were from Michigan and it, it, it made sense. And I saw how much you loved it down there in Stillwater and everything else. So it, it, it made me feel like it was the place for me. Yeah. That sucks, man. He's just, I, so I, I saw them play in Oklahoma city. They played in the city uh, right before I left for, I went up and played in Salina. Yeah. And so I, uh, they, they played in Oklahoma City, and I talked to him after the game, and he was just starting to really get run and feel comfortable. Yep. And, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, there's just so many levels to it, which sucks. The, the, crazy, uh, the crazy thing, Doug, is this, too, man, is, like, he called me. I think they left on Friday. And he called me Friday asking if I was going to be in town early in the week because, you know, he wanted to hang out and stuff. And that was the, and he, he left me a voicemail. That was the last time I had, I had talked to him or got a voicemail from him. You know, it was the same thing with like Bill Teagans. I mean, Bill Teagans, I saw him at uh, the last game and we had a great conversation at, at Joe's, man, where, you know, the things that he told me, um, you know, about watching my career and stuff like that. And he's, you know, just, it's just stuff that I think about every day, man. You know, and I know, you know, this, we all know this. There's not a day goes by that we don't think about those guys. Um, at some point, whether you see an airplane in the air or just some. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thought of those guys popping your head. It's, it's, it's interesting you point that out. I don't know if I would, I would go, if I was totally honest, if it was a day that goes by. But there are these these like snapshots, you know, so like... When I lived in Connecticut, my last house in Connecticut, we had a tennis court and I started playing tennis. And, and almost every time I would grab a tennis racket and I would think of Nate because we were, yeah. Nate Fleming was a tennis player as well as a basketball player and a little country club kid, you know. And <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, we're warming up to Baylor, right? And they're yelling at all of us. And it's his first like, and they were barely super shitty yeah. um, then. And they're yelling at all of us and like, Fleming, Fleming, why don't you go play tennis? Why don't you go play tennis? There's white shorts, go play tennis. And we're like laying it up or whatever. He's like, how do they know I play tennis? <laughs> like, Nate, it's in the media guide. Oh. Yeah. Oh. When was the last time you seriously considered your dream? Did something never thought you would do? How about live the van life in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van? You could tour the country. Whatever you want to dream up. And we're talking about Mercedes-Benz van here. 
Expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist. Expect performance and reliability with that MBUX voice command system. You're going to get five-star dealer network available with a gas engine. Now you could win your very own Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Mode 4x4. You enter the Dan Patrick Show Ultimate Camping Rig Sweepstakes. You go to danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com, and there you enter, get official rules for a chance to win this beautiful Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com, and you have to do so by February 2nd. Your dream is waiting for you. danpatrick.com, foxsportsradio.com. Some equipment described is optional. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination. Our sense of wonder. And our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. So here's my plan for this pot. I'm going to call Vic. I'm going to call somebody. I mean, obviously, Vic is going to be pretty emotional because he was so close to Dan and he was on that team and all those guys. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, here, here's my favorite Nate story. Okay. And I don't remember know this. So that year, Dan essentially redshirted. Vic redshirted. Antoine Broxy redshirted, transferred from Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Dady, who, yeah, I yeah. don't know, uh, Jason. Dady, Dady was yeah. Dady. Dady and we had, who else? We had one other young dude, one other transfer or some, something. I'm trying to think who it was. And um, so Nate had to take a class on Saturday morning. Yes. That was a four-hour class. It was like some history shit. And like, yes. they didn't need to be in that history. And we're like, why are you in that class? Like coach told me I had to take it. So basically like they couldn't cheat off him, but he had to make sure like they were at every class and yep. they went to every study session. And he was like, look, you guys get a, you guys get a B in this class. You do, you'll be good. Right. Like you just put in the work. It's four hours. You can get an A yep. study with Nate. So he had to be, so it was eight to noon every Saturday in the fall. That was their schedule. So I don't like the third game of the season, uh, the football team played TU and it was like an 11 o'clock start time. Right. So everybody else, we get together, we hoop a little bit. We go in the locker room, we eat and we come out and we go to the game and it's like 1045 and here are those fucking idiots. Right. They're just sitting there like, we, we just got, we just ditched class and we're ready. Like, yeah. yo, what are you doing? What yeah. are you guys doing? Like, ah, it's one class. How's the old guy going to know? We're like, dude, he knows, he knows everything. everything. He knows everything. He knows the day after breakfast. He knows yes. who you're with. He knows yes. everything. He knows everything. So, so, and then here comes like Nate, like right before kickoff, like, hey, what are you guys doing? Where are we in class today? How come we weren't there? Where were you guys? And he's like, like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, he, 
you know, football game. He'd let us out early, but you guys didn't show up. So fast forward two days later, it's like a Monday and we got practice. And I had a, I had a stats test. I like, uh, let, let's say my stats test was like at four and then right. practice started at like five, five thirty or something like that. So I, I'm like late to practice and I come walking in and you and Mace and Joe and I mean, Suter, like everybody's walking out. I was like, uh, what I missed, like, oh, practice is canceled. What do you mean it's canceled? It never happens. Yeah, it never, never, never happens. <laughs> never happens. I was like, everything all right? Like, yeah, yeah. Go inside. You got to go watch this shit. Go, go, go. <laughs> so I go look inside there and coach is running those dudes. You know, they'll run them to their ankle smoke. Yeah. I don't know. You know, they had to do six consecutive 17s under a minute. And if yeah. anybody fell out, they had to do it again. And Victor yeah. Williams is crying. And one of their dudes is throwing up in the bucket all because they didn't do this class, right? Yeah. And like Nate, I mean, because Nate was the best. He was just such an honest dude. But every like, okay, so every time I every time I talk have a kid do a 17, tennis makes me think of them, obviously flying. Yeah. Like I just flew yesterday, you know, yeah. Vegas was a game in which, you know, Dady was there. And I started thinking yep. about those dudes, um, you know, the NCAA tournament. Um, yep. I remember our last practice getting into a fight with Nate and yep. me and Mace on the bus. Like, why are we on the bus the day before the yep. biggest game of our lives? What, what's going on here? Um, but yeah, it's really, it's really cool. I remember, you remember Nate, you remember Nate when we were, he always wanted to travel with us, especially our senior year going on road games. And remember, we were getting ready to go to uh, we're getting ready to go to New Orleans to play LSU, and we were having practice before we flew that afternoon. And Fred, Fred, his roommate, yeah, his, his best boy, friend. yeah, yes, catches, catches him with an elbow at the end of practice and busts his nose wide open. Yes. So Nate was freaking out, not because his nose was split wide open, but because he couldn't travel with us to go down to New Orleans. That was his big. He he wanted to travel. You know, he wanted to be on the bench and um, uh, be a part of what we were doing. Uh, but I we talk, I talked to Fred the other day, uh, and we, we brought that up, you know, uh, Nate getting his nose busted and not being able to go on that trip and how devastating he was. Not that his nose got broke, but he couldn't go to New Orleans with us. Um, but, no, man, I mean, you see all the stories and stuff, you know, you think about Will and, you know, he had a – brand new baby girl um you know you think about brian luantra and his little kids um you think about denver how about, how about how his son he... how about his son played basketball at kansas like that's, that's crazy. the that's the coolest that's shit and the yes. crazy shit so i i, I yes. called their game and i went up to match words i go it's like you, you don't know me he's like oh i know you i was like no you don't understand like that no. was my guy yeah right here, so here's the, yeah. here's the, here's my Lewinster. So I give you Lewinster story. Okay? I got one for you too. That's hilarious. Go okay, good. good, good, good. So, um, so, um, we had Brian Farr was our trainer, right, with that big jug head, and he goes to yep. Texas. So Lord we get helmet. right. So we <laughs> so we get Lewinster, and we're like this fucking guy, mid major, like comes in. So my senior, I had something going on in my knee, and it was super swollen in the back of my knee and um i was i was not in a good place over because you know like i'm 24 like i can't medical redshirt and be like senior citizen playing and you know we were good and i was i was ready to hoop and uh, so he's like all right we'll we'll take you to see doc 
So Doc's like, oh, oh, yeah, we got to have surgery. got to cut it. And I was like, I remember walking out of Doc's office and I was like, we got to get a second opinion. He's like, well, he's like, he's like, it's just a scope, dude. It's like, if it's the big, it's a, if it's a meniscus, you'd be out like a week. They'll take it out. You know, if they trim it, it'd be six weeks, seven weeks. Like then we got to talk about some other stuff. And I was like, dude, I, I love Doc. Okay. I love Doc. So he took me, he took me to Oklahoma city and we saw some other, some other guy. And he was just like, actually it's just a pulled muscle in the back of your knee. And I did some rehab for it and I wore his little, little knee sleeve. And he used to like, every time I would come and see him and say something was hurting, he would go like, Oh, I could just take it to doc and he could just cut you. You know, yeah. it was like a running, yeah. running joke, but he was one of those guys. And I, I mean, it's kind of like in college basketball. I don't know if you guys do it in high school. Everybody talks about OKGs, right? Like our kind of guys, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? You want to recruit the kind of guys that, are your yep. kind of guys like he was our kind of guy he was a good good easy hang he like yeah. came in and we had all been there three years together but he acted like he had been there kind of kind of right. with us kind of with us all right give, give me your hey hey i don't you'll probably remember this a little bit but he was trying to figure out coach and how to work how to work for coach so you remember how our practices were especially our senior year they were all over the place because they were redoing gia Right. So we go to the Colvin, we may be in the annex. So one day it's the beginning of the year. We're over in the Colvin and coach is just killing us. You know, I think we were, it, it is back in the day. We had two a days and stuff for like the whole weekend. So I'm, I don't, I remember going to Lenstra and, and messing with them a little bit saying, Hey, you need to go tell coach our legs are dead. And, and, <laughs> and, and that, and that we just, we just need a day off or we just need to shoot or whatever. So, so he's like, are you guys really feeling that bad? Like, yeah, we're dog tired. This is the first like three or four practices that we had of the year. So I remember Lewinstra going over, we were getting loose and getting ready to practice. And I remember Lewinstra going over to coach, coach is standing on the sideline and I saw him talking to him. And then I remember coach telling him, you don't tell me how my players feel. You just make sure the water's filled and it's cold and there's ice in the water bottles. And Lewinstra just walks away. And he, <laughs> I remember walking over to him. He said, like, I can't go over so well. <laughs> it's kind of like that deal though he was trying to figure out coach you know yeah. it was his first year there but he was a great guy man great great dude man awesome yeah, dude. You, you had to filter it through mace that was really yeah. like i could talk to sean maybe a little bit about it um but you had to filter it through like mace had to basically go like yes we can't that go. was that was that was basically basically it um uh see i like that plane and I'm, you didn't fly. I, did I don't remember you flying on that one I that much. On it, I flew on it. Our, our junior, I flew on it quite a bit, man. You got bumped up to the big jet a lot, and I would. I, yeah, but the problem you know, is you know, the problem I is the jet with coach. <laughs> you know, I never flew a jet not one time with coach. Never. Who me? Me. Oh, you? Yeah, you were always in the doghouse, though, man. Dude, I never. I played good. I would. I would. I would. Do, yeah, I yeah, would. Yeah. I would fly on the on the on Denver's plane. Dude, I, I remember coming was, back. I remember coming back from AM, man. Remember this? Our senior year, we played God Awful. Yeah, they God ran awful. Triangle. Right. And, we, and, like and, and, and missed, I missed a ton of free throws at the end of the game. So Sean's pissed at me. So it was, this is how it was, man, is when we traveled, you know, we were usually in bands. So if you played bad, everything was calculated to get your shit, get out of the locker room, and be one of the first ones on the van. So when you got to the airport, you could jump out be the first one on the airplane so you didn't get stuck by coach or Sean. 
Oh, I, well, I thought, I thought that, that list was already made up. I mean, I, I didn't. That, no, no, yeah, I was always, I was always plane, on the doghouse plane. Yeah, yeah. But if you flew on that plane, so I remember one time coming back from A&M and it was, it was like that. It was like, I got, I was late, the last one off the van and I'm thinking, shit, I'm going to have the seat right across from coach and Sean because they, they, they sat next to each other. So I get on the plane and I'm like, dang, the only seats open is that seat. And I played like shit. So the whole time Sean stared at me like this the whole time and coach would read the newspaper and then he would, he would put, peel the newspaper down and, and pull his glasses down and just stare at me for like 10, 15 seconds. And then you get off the plane and you get off the plane and he has one of the managers come up to you and say, Hey, coach wants to see you in the office. And you're like, Oh man, here we go. But going back to Denver's plane, Denver's plane was always, always fun to plan because, you know, we played chess. I remember one year we were on there. I think I was on this plane then when Dady and Webb was playing, they were playing chess. And he'd be, he'd be like three moves. And like, it's like three, yeah, and, and, three, and three, it's like three moves. moves. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I remember telling Dady, I'm like, the only way that you can do that is if you spent time in the joint, man. You had to spend some time in the joint at some point to be that kind of chess player. That's next level chess. The only way that you become that kind of next level chess is by being locked up. Well, which is, which I think he had a little issue not yeah, long ago. I think he's good now. He's like tattoo, tattoo hunters now, right? Yeah. How I run I gotta have him on a pod. I gotta have him on a pod. Yes, okay, so yes, yes, understand do, okay. Our former teammate Jason Keep, who went on to start him with the University of San Diego, right? They that they was the only time. Europe. But but first at San Diego, they won the WCC tournament. I mm -hmm. called the game, yep. right? And but he's famous as Big Daddy because he has a Big Daddy tattoo with one D. Yeah, has become a tattoo be a artist. <laughs> has become a tattoo artist. You can't make that shit up. That's the story oh, that if you like, if I went to Hollywood and I was like, hey, I'm going to tell you a story here about a guy who's a six foot 11 dude who worked, who's like, looks like American History X, worked on a oil rig before going to college, right? Yes. And then goes to college, plays Freddie Sutton and plays for Brad Holland, wins the league championship, but becomes a tattoo artist after having a misspelled tattoo on his arm that got covered up with a bunch of scribble. Like, nobody believes that story. Hey, it's, it's a I real don't even story. Know you know this. I don't even know if you know this about Dady, but he holds the record for most consecutive bench presses at the NBA Combine at 185 pounds. How many did he do? still has that record? Yeah, he has that record. It's like 20. How years many old. did it? How many I did he do? Was, I think it was like 30 something. You know, he's a big old dude, big strong dude. Yeah, he was a big. He was a big dude. <laughs> yeah, a big dude. Yeah. That that yeah. actually brings me back. That brings me back to to Pat. Okay, yes. and I I, I G'd about Pat because Pat was instrumental in in recruiting um and i remember our i remember pat's i, I remember uh Dady's recruiting visit right we mm -hmm. played beach volleyball mm -hmm. outside i was at we the were in that house. tournament yeah we yeah. were in that tournament yeah yeah we were in a tournament it was in the spring yeah. it was awesome yeah. and we yeah. would all like we'd all go get liquored up and then peel off our shirts like it was baywatch and then go play, play, and then and then play uh, play volleyball, and then we go gamble at, at Pat's house at night. Yeah, right. So yes, that's what that, that that's that's my memory of that. Of uh, and and Pat was the guy who he had that they had a casino in their garage. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if NCAA rules go back twenty years yeah. or whatever. I mean, we weren't like fixing games or anything, but we were definitely yeah. throwing some dice. Play, play a little blackjack or you know. Well, there was a blackjack table. There was the was there a craps table? No, there wasn't a craps table, but there was a blackjack table. There's a blackjack, blackjack table, and then 
And then Joe was over taking dude's money on his knees. That's that's what yeah. he was doing, rolling yeah. the dice, right? Yeah, Pat's house yeah. was always like the therapy. You, you know, you could go over there and just kind of get away from coach and relax and everything else. Another thing I started doing, man, is his dad wrote a book about him. Um, I think it was, I think it, I think it published last year. But um, every time around this time of year, man, I sit down and I'll read that book and it brings back a ton of memories. You know, I was from Michigan, so I was a diehard Michigan football fan and Pat was a Nittany Lion. So we'd always have a friendly wager when they played each other. And Pat was so damn competitive that when the Wolverines would win, he wouldn't talk to me for two weeks. You know, I mean, they won he, he, he would, your senior year, yeah. they won national championship. Yeah, he would literally not say anything at all to me for for two weeks. But you know, and then I remember remember watching those guys play duck ball too, and they would lower the goals, and you know, uh, they would sit and sit in GIA till midnight playing playing pickup. Um, Pat was a great guy though. He was always always one of those dudes where he never had a bad day. You know, always had a smile on his face. Um, you know, no matter what was what was going on. Uh, Jared Weiberg. So, so yes. my memories of Jared, he was, so my dad knew his dad, Mick forever. So there was like, we had kind of an instant bond, whatever. And, um, he was so slow that he wanted to run with the wings when we ran, cause he's like a guard size. Right. We ran out of the track and we're like, no, dude, you gotta run with the bigs cause you can't make your times. Mm -hmm. But yeah he fouled the shit out of you guys. Like he was, he was brutal. He yeah. was, he, and, and he was like one of those guys who was like, what, what? I, I'm, yeah. I didn't foul anybody. Like, I'm just playing hard. Just playing bro, hard. Bro, you're going to hurt somebody. Man. <laughs> he was the hammer. I think we should have used him as a, as a fouling weapon. You know, like whoever we didn't like. We had Webb. Uh, well, we had Webb. <laughs> we had Webb. But Webb didn't, what, yeah, Webb, yeah, Webb, just different types of fouls different yeah. types of fouls um but like he kind of his path it's interesting that you're a coach now and like jared would have been a coach now right that yeah. was his path that's where he was going without a doubt yeah. in my mind i think he would have been a heck of a coach too man you know the one my my memories of jared are this is not you know i mean obviously him as being one of our teammates but then the next year when he became a manager um you know how coach would always check class have those guys go over and check class. So Jared would always do, and I went to class. I know some of you guys didn't go to class all the time, but I was, I was one of them that went to class, to class all the time. I went to class. <laughs> I know. So Jared would always do you a solid. He'd call you at night, you know, and remember the back in the day, we didn't have cell phones. So you had your home line and then you had the caller ID. So you could see who was calling. So he would be calling and it was like Jared Weiber would pick up and you're like, all right, what is this about? And you answer the phone like, hey, I want to give you a heads up. We're checking class tomorrow, you know, so make sure your ass is in your seat early where you're supposed to be at. Um, he was one of those dudes, man, though, that uh, great guy, man. Phenomenal dude, man. I, I can't say enough about him and his character and his work ethic and everything else. And it's sad that he didn't get the opportunity, um, you know, to to get into coaching and, and, and see where he would be at right now 20 years later. But think, think about like his brother is going to be the yeah. AD there, right? Like yeah. that's like the whole thing. And it does speak Wicked. to the place and how special it is because if, I mean, I mean, I don't know, like if my brother dies in a plane crash, you know, while working for OSU, it'd be, it'd just be hard for me to be around the place. But, yep. um, and then there's, and then there's, and there's Will 
who Will was a big help to me because, you know, obviously I got in the media and I used to want, love to do the interview stuff. And I actually texted his daughter because she's like, tell me the shoe story. And I was like, okay, so here's yeah. the deal. There's nothing big. It was just, we all, we were a Nike program. We all had nice sneakers. You know, anytime we'd lose, I'd change sneakers like coach never made. And if, you know, or you'd go and switch them out of Dupree's or something. Yep. And like, we always had, and here's our SID. And he wore, I think they were like New Balance. And they would, it was like the same pair for three years. And he just liked them. And I was like, somebody get him some sneakers. Like, can we get you? No, no, I like these sneakers. Like, go wash them. They look terrible. They look terrible. But he was the nicest. Like, he knew how to, because, you know, I, I got, like, media probate. I'd say something. Yeah. Like, I said one time in Sports Illustrated that Kansas guards, our guards are better than Kansas guards. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I would get, like, media probation, and he would work coach to be like, you know, coach, I think this is important for the, and it really helped my career, helped me become somebody. Uh, what do you remember about Will? Will, man, he was – you remember our last game in GIA? We lost to OU. And we were all pissed off and devastated, like big time, man. And, and this is the kind of relationship that I think we all had with Will. You know, Will – I remember Will was trying to get some of us to go up and, and talk to the media after the game, and that's the last thing you wanted to do, you know, losing to your arch rival at home on senior night. And then go up and, and and face the media and answer questions and, and talk about how great they were. Um, I remember Will coming to me. He's like, "Hey, man, I need you. I need you. You know, I was like, I know you don't want to do it, but I need you to do me a favor." And when he said that, even though I didn't want to go, but because of the guy that Will was and the way he treated me and the way he treated us and everything else, you know, I, I didn't feel obligated to it. I felt like, like. He, he needed someone to go up there and face the music and everything else. And, and I was going to do it because of not the way he asked me, but because he was our guy. You know, he was he's always uh, very caring, very giving. Um, you know, one of those guys, too. He's just like one of those dudes that was always happy, man, never had a bad day. So um, if you're so so here's here's the question kind of in summation. And I want to go back. We'll do another one. And we'll do more kind of about your life and your career. You're a high school coach now and a good one in Oklahoma, right? At Owasso. Um, how 20 years later, and I know you, you, you think of them often, oftentimes, but how, how has it affected you in terms of how you deal with your own players, with your own kids? Um, uh, I, I have my, like my own thoughts. I'm just, I'm wondering if there's any part of you that, especially this time of year mentions it to your guys and, and has a specific way in which you coach, teach, or lead your lead your players. So any team that I've ever coached or been a part knows the history and story of the 10. Um, like yesterday, we, you know, a lot of these guys have played for me for multiple years, um, and there's some new guys, but, you know, there's a video that I have that I show, and, and, and it talks about the guys and everything else. And then I explained how special those guys were and what they meant to our program and what they meant to us individually. And, you know, I, I coach because, you know, it's in my blood from playing for coach and, and the experience that I had at OSU. Um, but more importantly, the impact um, that I feel like I can have on these young men's lives, you know, and it's not just about being on the court, having success, but it's about off the court. You know, I genuinely love these guys. Um, you know, and, and I tell them that and we, we tell each other that. And that's that's one thing that, you know, I, 
one of the multiple things that I took away from the plane crash is, you know, we have to tell each other all the time that we love each other or our feelings for each other because we don't know, you know, what tomorrow brings. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And and our teams are, you know, we're really close-knit group. Um, all of our teams have been. Um, you know, and I, I got a text from a guy last night, and his son uh, is a junior at OSU right now, and I coached him in sixth grade. And his dad reached out to me and said, I remember you taking those sixth graders down there and we played in the tournament and we had to stop by GIA because I wanted to tell the story about those guys. You know, I, I feel like it's important. We made a, we made a bond and a pact, you know, 20 years ago that, you know, we'll always remember, you know, we're never going to forget, but I feel like it's important for us that we, we, we continually spread the word about those guys and what they meant to, us and our programs and, and also the families of the people um, that they were, they were associated with. So it's, it's a big deal, man. Like anytime I get to talk about those guys, I, I love it, man. You know, um, I talk about our memories. I talk about our trip to Buffalo, uh, you know, going to Niagara Falls and, and how wide eyed and bushy tailed Nate was and how, you know, he was like the little puppy dog that just wagged his tail around and just licked everything. He was just all over the place and you'd be tired in practice or something. And he playing as hard as possible and, you know, following like crazy. And, you know, he just, just those stories, man, I mean, they, they live on, you know, and I, I can't believe it was, it's been 20 years, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes it feels like it was yesterday. And then sometimes it, it does feel like it's been 20 years, uh, you know, half of a lifetime. Yeah, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. And we, we got to wrap on this, but, you know, there's a lot of talk about all these these poor kids, you know, they got nobody around. They're just playing games. And I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. That was the best part. It was the best part. Everybody else got in the way, yeah. right? The trips in the NCAA tournament and staying in Buffalo, it was a stupid idea. We should have come home, but it was the best. It was yeah. the best. You're all from different parts of the country. You all love ball. You, you, you know, you're fighting for a common cause and, you know, for your own future, like, I don't know. I, I see it completely differently than, than some of these people, but I can't believe it was 20 years ago, but you are doing a great job um, of, Appreciate you, my of, man. Of, 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 of spreading the word. All right, let's catch up again soon. I, I do want to talk about your son and about raising kind of phenom who has, it's yeah. like you were, no, but you were under the radar. Like nobody yeah. ever heard of you. Right. Yeah. And now everybody's dude is, heard dude of is six, dude is six, six, four right now. He's 13. He's uh. He's a he's different, man. It's gonna be fun watching. Oh, don't don't do the he's built different. I, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm, I just I'm, said he's he's different. He's I know, different I know, but my kids like, oh, I'm built, I'm built different. No, no, like, relax. No, no, no. He's 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 got a lot of he's got a lot of work to do, but it's gonna be fun the next few years with him. Hey, man, I love you. Thanks for joining. Love you too, brother. Later, man. Talk soon. If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts. I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. 
To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. So look, on this pod, we can, we've talked about a, a million things. And we'll, we'll tell you more stories that you may relate to. But it was 20 years ago, and I, I know how much it affected the sport because... I was in Russia at the time and uh, the sports world stopped. And even to this day, when it comes up, when it's brought up, you'll have a referee stop by and goes, man, I, I was at the Missouri game right afterwards. It was incredibly emotional. I, I was, I called the Oklahoma game when Kelvin Sampson who was hated as the rival coach came out with the t-shirt with all the men's names on it. You look up in the rafters and you see that number 10, there's no numbers that are retired Oklahoma state except the number 10. And that's why, um, now, you know, why I, I really do appreciate you listening to this pod. I hope you related to it and I hope you can hug your loved ones. And if you're a coach, you hug your kids. And if you're a player, you tell your teammates and your coaches how much you care about them. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is all ball. love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts? I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at First Listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.